Now back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everybody. Final hour for us today here on the program. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd on this Tuesday, February 27th, 2024 edition of the program. 65 degrees, getting up to 77 today, but man, is it dark and gloomy and windy. Although they say only about a 15% chance of rain, but a stray shower or thunderstorm is possible. But the wind's blowing 20 to 30 with gusts of 40. We may see some thunderstorms tonight, cloudy with a low of 49, that chance of rain at 60%. And then tomorrow for your Wednesday, 56 for a high, 34 for a low overnight hours, a cloudy day on tap for tomorrow. Tomorrow, speaking of tomorrow, Andy Borman joins us, Tigers assistant men's basketball coach Jerry Palm from CBS Sports to Michael Cole on the Grizzlies. But right now, it's time to talk Rhodes. It's time to go inside Rhodes College Athletics on Sports 56 Mornings. Every week, a representative from Rhodes will join Greg and Eli to talk about all things Lynx. Let's go inside Rhodes Athletics now on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All good things must come to an end. It has come to an end on the... Rhodes men's basketball and women's basketball seasons. It has also come to an end. This is our final segment for this year. Uh, we've a- obviously enjoyed since uh, beginning of September uh, talking Rhodes athletics, football, basketball. So Goodson joins us, the Rhodes men's basketball head coach. It has been uh, a lot of fun for us. I hope it has been for you, and hopefully we get to start Doing this again, cranking it up for football early September and later this year. Absolutely, it's been it's been a joy to be able to come on here every week and talk with you guys and share with the, the local community about uh, Rhodes basketball and Rhodes athletics. It's been a lot of fun being out in the community and and really running into people over and over and over and talking about how much they enjoy listening to us. So I really appreciate that and really appreciate you all. Make sure to follow Zoe on Twitter at Zoe Goodson, as you could probably hear. The voice still a little hoarse from the SAA tournament and the Rhodes Lynx getting to the championship game before falling to Barry 74-57. That was after their win over Oglethorpe in the semis on Saturday, 68-61. So the season comes to an end, but Zoe, you... You certainly came close. You made a great run at the end of the season. As you said here on the show, you finally got healthy. It showed. You played some yep. great basketball and ran into a very good team in Barry. We did. And, you know, we had our chances. We had plenty of opportunities in that game on Sunday. But, you know, first and foremost, let's talk about Saturday. The guys had an incredible, incredible day Saturday. We, we came out. We played a little bit. Uh, uncharacteristic in the first half, and we had a great talk at halftime. It was simply a talk of let's go back to who we are and let's be smart. And we came out and he raced uh, an 11 point des- deficit in two and a half minutes in the in the start of the first half or second half against Oglethorpe, and really played great basketball in that second half. And then ran into a great Barry team, but it, it wasn't from lack of execution. It was really just came down to missed wide-open shots. And so uh, we, we just couldn't make a shot in, in that game. We shot poorly, uh, but at the end of the day, we really played 
great basketball down the stretch. In that Saturday game, you talk about that, your first half, one of 10 from three, 33% overall from the field. Then you shoot 50% from the field, five of nine from three in the right. second half. Was it? Was that just the result of, was that better execution or right. was that part of it just shots going in? It was better execution. We were taking some some wild shots. We, <laughs> we, got, there, uh, we got there Thursday night, had a really good practice Friday. I think the guys were just so excited in that first half. They there they were feeling it and they were trying to make too much happen too quickly. Uh, everybody was so got in there, had a good talk, settled everybody down, and um, just shot the ball. Took better shots in the second half. So that's what it is. It's more of a halftime speech of let, let's settle down. We know what we're doing as opposed to. Hey, your season's about to end. Yeah, you don't get wanna, on it. Yeah, you get don't on wanna, it now. You don't want to put that pressure on. Him. That's, <laughs> that's not, what I would have done. Yeah, you don't want to put that pressure. <laughs> that's why I'm not on a coach. <laughs> but uh, you know, Arnest did a really good job in there at that halftime. I was like, Coach is right. We just need to settle down. We know we're a better team than that. Let's go out there and show them what we're about. And and we did. I, I think we started the half either six for six or five for five, and just got out there. We executed in the break in the transition. Our primary break has been really good to us all year, and we knew that if we just got out and pushed it, so we would be all right. And then the and, and the Sunday game, it was poor shooting for us. That, unfortunately, that just continued in the second half. Man. I mean, it was just no shots would go. I mean, I was looking at your three-point shooting. Xavier Williams goes four for six. The rest of the team, two for 17. Yeah, it was... It was an abysmal shooting day for us, to say the least. We just uh, and they were good looks. It wasn't like they were, you know, we were taking bad shots. Mm-hmm. And that's why at halftime of that game, I was like, guys, stick with it. We're getting wide open looks. They're gonna fall. They're gonna fall. And and I was wrong. They just didn't. Is uh, that just is that being tight? You know, it. I don't know if it was just a bad shooting day because they didn't look tight. They didn't feel like they were they were trying to press to make too much happen at once. It didn't seem that way. I just feel like it was a bad day, uh, shooting day for us, because I think we only had 10 turnovers in that game. So it's not like mm-hmm. we were trying to make too much happen and being too quick or playing uncharacteristic. I think we just didn't make shots. Phil Dotson, Arnest Georgetown II, both all tournament players. That's right. So really... Really excited about that. Uh, I think Xavier was in the mix there. Uh, he had a great tournament. Uh, I think Phil obviously had a great tournament in our nest, being the unbelievable leader that he is. He showed uh, all the coaches and and, uh, and the league that he deserved to be to be recognized. I think our nest got snubbed the week before um, in the in the season awards, and so. I made it known that I wasn't very happy about that, and so I think people realize and recognize that Arnest deserved deserved to uh, be recognized. Well, along that line, so last week we were talking to you, and it was just before those season war awards were announced. We talked about Phil possibly as the player of the year, uh, which he did not win. But he did not. What talk about that, and and then what awards did you get for the season? Yeah, so Phil was first team All Conference. Um, I think he finished second in the Player of the Year. Um, running, and then Trevor Lombard got honorable mention. And so, like I said, I feel like Arnest Georgetown got got snubbed a little bit there on that. He should have at least been second team or, or honorable mention. I think Trevor should have been second team for sure. Um, wasn't, wasn't the happiest about that, but really excited for for Phil and Trev and, and excited that they got recognition that they deserve. The, with Phil not getting player of the year, do you, it was simply what we talked about last week that they decided to give it to the guy on the first place team. That's the way I feel. I mean, that's, I, I don't know. You know, I haven't talked to coaches about their exact voting, but it, it sure seemed like, you know, the numbers didn't make sense to me. 
um, to, for, for Phil not to get it. He absolutely deserved it. And um, so I think that, you know, we got punished a little bit for being injured and finishing seventh. But it also gave us plenty of motivation to, <laughs> to going into the weekend to, to show everybody we deserve to be in that championship game. And we weren't a real I mean, for sure. I mean, you, you are. You know, the, the numbers don't lie. We finished as a seventh seed, but everyone knew we weren't a true seventh seed. We, we were just injured throughout the year. Where did Phil end up with scoring and assists? Was he first and then second? Yes, he was. Been both, and so that's why. I just like I said, the numbers didn't make sense to me. He was first in both. First in, in scoring, second in assists. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, it was. He had an incredible year. You know, for a guy that can score like he does, to be so unselfish and as selfish as he is. It, it it just is a testament to his character. He's a team guy, uh, and he really just wants to win. He's not a guy that just – he's not going out taking 20 shots a game because he only cares about his own numbers. He's he's taking those shots because, A, he gets them. He gets hope and looks. <laughs> and, B, he, he he's, he's trying to carry the team to wins. Well, you've been with us the entire season through thick and thin. Uh, started out great. You hit the skids there in the middle, and you had some injuries, and – all of a sudden, you got it back late in the season and made a great run. So if I was the teacher and you were the student, no, you were the teacher, rather, what would you give yourself as far as a grade for this season? That's not fair because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm my own worst critic. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if I would want to put a grade on myself because I haven't taken time to think about everything throughout You're talking the year. About the, so the team, the team the grade? Te- the team grade is an absolute, uh, it's a B plus just because of the fact that we did have that middle section. You can't give yourself an A whenever you have that many losses, you know, 9 out of 10. But um, throughout the year, the guys never quit. Their effort was at a, at a A plus level the entire year in, in practice, in games. So effort-wise, is an A-plus overall grade given the circumstances and ended up with a 12-16 and 16 record has to be a B or a B-plus. But at the end of the day, um, we have something unbelievable, an unbelievable foundation to build on mm-hmm. for next year. You know, only losing Arnest and Hayden Lamy. You know, Hayden only played in a game and a half the entire season. So really losing one upperclassman, Going out this year is going to be a lot to really build on, and and number and the last thing I want to say is I know we got plenty of time here, but next year we're going to do this radio show on Thursdays, so my voice is back coming off of, uh, <laughs> coming back uh, off of Sunday games, so people can really hear that I don't really sound like this all the time. It's just Mondays and Tuesdays are rough. So, what is the off season like at the division three level like how much time are you allowed to spend what are they allowed to do that type stuff is it the same as division one as far as that type stuff goes how does the off season go for you guys so the off season is very different division one and division two we don't get any days we have one we actually only have one day left to work out the entire spring because i use all of our off season days in the fall and, and workouts so we get eight days non our, our what did we call non-traditional season that we can work with the guys. So I use all my I use seven of my eight in the fall, <clears throat> leading up to regular season. So I got one day left. So the summer, all the guys go home and they're working out uh, on their own. We you know we give them workouts, we give them in on on the court stuff, weight room stuff, conditioning stuff to do, hoping that they follow it. That that's the the dedication level 
of Division Three players. There's no one there making you do it. You yeah. got to do it on your own. And then, of course, we know if you did or you didn't when you come back in <laughs> August. Cause we're going to see if your body's ready and, and see if you're in shape by the time we get going. We've talked to you before about recruiting with <clears throat> Division Three. It's more flexible than right. it is in, in D1. So where are you with the recruitment for this upcoming class? And if you still have spots to fill, like how, how are you game planning that? Yeah, so right now we're, we're, we've got our 2024 recruiting class set. We're, we're done for 24. Um, the portal game doesn't really trickle down that much to us. Um, obviously, we'll take a look at it when it really ramps up and see if there's anybody. And we had some folks reach out to us uh, late last year that were in the portal, but our class was, was filled out, and I was really happy and excited about where we were going. We'll, we'll listen and look, but for the most part, 2024 is done. We're turning the page to 2025, and we're going to start. As soon as they start those, uh, well, we'll be out to all the different state tournaments in the area, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi, Arkansas, Georgia. We'll beat all these state tournaments around <clears throat> over the next few weeks. And then we'll turn the page into spring basketball, and we'll, we'll be hitting the road heavily for 2025s. So you're looking at the juniors. That's right, yep. So we start getting our junior offers out probably, you know, May, June. Do you have a limitation on how many players that you can carry since it's non-scholarship? We don't. We can carry as big of a roster as we'd like. And so that's the that's where really a luxury because if you do have, you know, you fill the spots where you think you are, and then if you do have a late portal guy that comes in and maybe wants to transfer down to get minutes and is really good enough, you can, you can continue to add. Well, again, with only – two guys leaving like it's you, you otherwise wouldn't have really or any roster spot that's right that's right and so you know you know we're not going to bring in a, a giant class like you said with only two guys leaving there will be uh there won't be a near as big of a freshman class as we had this past year you put together a very hard schedule i remember talking about the tournament you played in you were invited yep. to the one tournament in vegas that's right where it's pretty prestigious <clears throat> Is the schedule set for next season? It is, and it's harder. Oh, gosh. It's harder, but that's what we need to do. You know, in order for us to grow this conference, in order for us to get recognition, to hopefully be an at-large bid, we need to continue to schedule harder, and we need to win those games, some of those games. Not all of them. You need to win some of those games. So we've got to go out and continue to play those really good teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament year in and year out. When you look at the teams like Barry, who wins it, like some of the other top teams, are they losing a lot of their guys? You know, we think so. Um, we don't know because of the this is the this senior yeah. class is the last <laughs> class of the COVID. So, we uh, the, so as we talked with Jeff Crane earlier, we don't even know what a senior is anymore. Right. I mean, I heard that there were two. I heard this last night on ESPN. There's two eight-year players in college basketball still. Which tells me they're 26 years old. It's a weird, weird world. It's a, it, it's, it's really weird. You know, you think about a 26 year old playing against an 18 year old. Well, DeAndre That's, Williams last year from Memphis was how old? 20, 25 or 26. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, it's just, it's an odd, it's an odd world we're living in with that. But so with that said, some of their guys can come back. They, they had a uh, Barry has a couple fifth year seniors on that team. You know, we had none. We had one senior playing. They had five. We had one junior playing. They had four. Um, so there was a lot going on um, with that. But with that said, we get some of our juniors back for next year off of injury and off of uh, other issues. And then 
So we'll have three seniors, and then we'll have a huge junior class next year. And so we're really looking forward to what we have coming back and what we know will be back. And, and so since I've got a couple minutes here, put a little pressure on Arness. You know, he still has his fifth year available. And, of course, okay. we would love to have oh, him back. There you go. So whatever we can do to, to try to persuade him to come back for a fifth year would be, would be incredible as well. What's 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 legal? What's in the what's yeah. in the uh, the guidelines yeah. of? Uh, I don't know how much I can say. I don't. I don't. There's a there's a, there's a three initial uh, thing out there that you know we can let him uh, go go pursue as well. Do you think Barry and I don't know how much you know of the other schools that are in the tournament? I saw the field. I was looking at the field the other day. Can Barry make a run? Are Absolutely. They the, okay. They're they're talented. They're and they're going to make a run in my opinion. I think they're going to. I think they're a, a for sure a Sweet Sixteen team. I hope so. So it represents the league yeah. the right way. Uh, but I'm telling you, they're a very talented team. They've got an unbelievable coach, coaching staff there, and and they've got the support. I mean, Barry is committed to winning at, at all at all levels, and so I think they're going to go and make a, a really good run and represent the saw the right way. Is there a couple of teams right now in D3 that are the dominating teams? There's there's a handful of them. I so mean, who would be up at the top? I mean. You know, there's, there's. I'm trying to think of a uh, Christian Newport has, has really been an unbelievable team. Christopher Newport, Christopher Newport, and then um, trying to think. Uh, you know, Wash U that we played right. this Wash year has always been. They're going to be really, really good um, this year, and I think they're going to make a really, really deep run. Trinity out of Texas, I think they've only got one or two losses, um, and you know they're coming to our league. Oh, Not, when's that? And two years. Oh, really? And so Trinity is unbelievable. Like I said, one or two, maybe three losses on the season. I think they're they're a for sure Final Four caliber team. Walsh use a Final Four caliber team. And so you'll see uh, a, a, a good representation of the SAA, especially moving forward if you really follow Barry and Trinity. I think both those teams are Sweet 16 and further teams, and with Trinity being a legit title contender. Which is good. You want the conference to yes. You want the the profile of the conference to grow because Absolutely. of at large bids and things like that in right. the future for sure. Absolutely, and that's why we have to do our job as coaches as well and continue to schedule in the non con the right way, mm. so we can continue to build our resumes. And I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the the women whose season came to an end in the semifinals, but a very solid year for them. Yeah, they did a great job. They had an unbelievable job. Judy in her first season, she she just did a really incredible job with keeping those young ladies, you know, intact after uh, their coach left. Um, you know, she was an assistant coach. She recruited a lot of those young ladies, but um, keeping them intact with a, an August departure of their head coach, getting them to buy in quickly, had a great record. I think she had 16, 17 wins on the year. She did a great job. And, you know, the one thing that I'll say about Judy is she is – very secure in her coaching self that she was really willing to ask a lot of questions and not a lot of head coaches are, are like that and I really uh, appreciated Judy for trusting to me and coming to me and asking questions but not only she used all of her resources you know we have Tom Campbell on campus who's our golf coach who was a head women's basketball coach for many many years uh, Matt Dean was a winningest women's sure. coach um, at Rhodes, and she really utilized her resources a lot this year, and that says a lot about who she is as a, as a person. And she's going to be an incredible coach for many, many years to come. And before we go, I want to remind anybody out there that's a big fan of Rhodes, maybe they're an alum, maybe they played sports at Rhodes, they're listening to the segment, they've enjoyed right. the segment. Support Rhodes, contact Zoe or any of the folks, any of the coaches over at Rhodes, tell them, 
uh, how you can support them if it's financially or just however you can because everything helps. Well, the biggest thing is we want everyone involved. You know, our practices, I tell people all the time, our practices are always open. We never have close practices because I want people to be a part of the, mm-hmm. the journey with us. Um, you know, and, and so we have we have alumni uh, link on our website. We would love to have the information so we can invite you to our practices and invite you to our events and, and be a part of our our end of the season banquet that's coming up here in April and, and different things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, we had a, a, our this radio show, show for sure grew our support in the community. Um, you know, obviously, we, we my, my biggest fan and my mother, Kathy, is, is she's <laughs> hating that today is the last show. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> she's hating it. Uh, she's killing her that our last show is today. But uh, we've got, we, we have built some local support because of this radio show, and we want more support. And it's not about the money. It's about just being there, being there with us right. at the games right. and being there with us um, at our practices and seeing how much work these young men put in every single day you will you will grow uh, an admiration for what they really put in to be a division three college athlete well said zo and i want to thank kim house certainly the associate no ad for compliance the senior woman administrator over at Rhodes. kim thank you so much because uh, without her we don't have this segment no so. doubt kim kim has been unbelievable jim duncan our athletic director yes, allowing sir. us to do this and supporting this you know he he put in uh, hundreds, thousands of miles this year traveling all, all over the country. But Kim, you know, she supports every single sport the same gym, the same way. Both of them are just them having our backs is, is, yeah. is unbelievable and, and not everybody has that from their AD and their deputy athletic director and we do and we're, we're very thankful for that. Awesome. Zoe, thank you so much. We really enjoyed it. We're looking forward to hopefully doing it again next year. Can't wait. Look forward to uh, being here every Wednesday or Thursday. To, got a lot, long time As to I look through the glass voice. over there. <laughs> no. Every Wednesday no, or Thursday. No, 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 <laughs> no. Got a, got a long time to work on that voice now until next year. <laughs> That's right. By the way, uh, in this segment coming up starting the week of the Masters, Mickey Barker will join us to talk uh, golf here in Memphis. We'll have a segment going on uh, through the summer. And then at the end of August, you know, hopefully we crank it back up with Rhodes football. Thanks again, Zoe. Great Appreciate stuff. Appreciate you. Thank you all. That is Zoe Goodson. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Zoe Goodson. We'll take a timeout. You're listening to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Morning! On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. One of the better group of five quarterbacks out there. James Madison quarterback Jordan McLeod is transferring to Texas State. He was the Sunbelt Player of the Year. And now he goes to Texas State, where he will join forces with Coach G.J. Kinney. G.J. Kinney was a quarterback at Tulsa, right? I believe that is correct. If I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah, big pickup for Texas State. Uh, From the world of Major League Baseball, the Cardinals have signed veteran shortstop Brandon Crawford, basically for insurance. 
behind young Mason Wynn, Tommy Edmonds, according to reports. Uh, his status for Tommy Edmond, his status for opening days in question. So they went out and got themselves some insurance in veteran Brandon Crawford. College basketball tonight, busy night. Some of the games on tap tonight include the new number one team in the nation, Houston, hosting Cincinnati in what we like to call the American Conference battle. Kentucky and Mississippi State tonight. Mississippi State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They've looked good in their last few games. They beat Ole Miss at the hump. They went to LSU, won by double digits. I thought that was really impressive. They're clicking on all cylinders right now for Mississippi State, and they're the favorite by three and a half over a Kentucky team that just scored 1,000 against Alabama. Yeah, Mississippi State's been really good on their home floor. It's a huge game for them, another chance for them to uh, get a little bit closer, um, I guess, to trying to secure themselves a spot in the NCAA tournament. Um, so yeah, this is a, it's a, it's a huge game for them, uh, down there, uh, tonight. Boise. There will be a raucous crowd for that one. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't, I didn't mean to say Boise State. Boise State is playing tonight. I meant to say BYU. BYU in Kansas at Fog Allen, Kansas, six and a half point favorite. Kansas, we know how good they are in their home court. BYU has been a good team this year. Real solid team. Yeah, BYU um, certainly has been been really good. In, you know, talk about the ones that came for the America, but BYU in year one mm-hmm. in the, in a very tough Big Twelve, a big step up for them as far as conference goes. They've been very very competitive, very much uh, in the mix there in that Big Twelve, all, seemingly every game. Texas at Texas Tech tonight, another Big Twelve battle. Uh, last night in the Big Twelve, Baylor and TCU at TCU, they had played. An overtime, or was it a double overtime game earlier in the year? And Baylor lost that one, I believe. Last night they get the win over TCU, but it's a it's a great con- uh, con- competition as far as the Big Twelve every single night. And last night was a really good game. I like Baylor an awful lot. They came back on Houston, came up a little short over the weekend. Uh, really good team. Don't like them as much as I like Houston, but Scott Drew has done a great job at Baylor. He is. Uh, he's got that program rolling. He's a great coach. He's a great recruiter. Um, and they have been, despite losing some important guys to the transfer portal, other things, they seem to restock with top talent every single year, uh, whether through the portal or adding high school guys. Uh, but he's just got that program rolling right now. Right now, who would you consider your top three, four head coaches in college basketball? Uh, well, certainly Bill Self would have to be on the list. I would put uh, Izzo on the list. Um, I think Scott Drew could very well, probably has to be on that list right now. Um, Throw in Mark Few. I like Mark Few. I'm not as big on Mark Few as some others. Certainly, he has accomplished a lot. It's not taking anything away from what he has done. He has had a great career. You know, you know what he really is? Just hasn't won the the big one yet, but he is. It's really remarkable at a place like Gonzaga what he has done. I probably don't give him enough credit. He's a great evaluator of talent. He's been able to get international guys. He knows. He he looks at a person. He figures out what he needs for his team. He finds those players. He develops those players. So he's a great, great recruiter. I think he's a good X's and O's guy. I mean, Hurley certainly has 
with what he's done. He's a motivator. Danny's a Kel- motivator. Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson is. I think Kelvin Sampson gets the most out of any like gets the most out of his team of anybody in college basketball. What do you think of Matt Painter? I think Matt Painter is an okay coach. Yeah, I think he's an overrated coach. I think Nate Oates is a great coach. What do you think of the guy that's now at Oklahoma? Porter Moser. Porter Moser. And obviously, he's done an, you know, what he did at Loyal is insane. Um, and he's done a good job at Oklahoma. He will certainly be a guy you know that will be looked at this offseason. Um, you know, I don't know how much he wants to stay at Oklahoma or, you know, there, there will be, depending on what other jobs all come available, he could be a guy that could be on the move. Although I think he's got a really big buyout, if I'm not mistaken, there. So he may prevent him from being able to go somewhere else. I'm looking at the, I'm trying to pull this up here. I'm looking at the latest from Jerry, as far as his bracketology is concerned. And I don't get it with, with Michigan State. They're 17 and 11. They're 9 and 8 in the conference. They're 3 and 5 away from home. And I know it's tough to win on the road. I, I, I don't think he's got him as a nine seed. I think Michigan State at best should be a bubble team right now. Well, that's what a nine seed is. Yeah, but I mean, a, like a real bubble, like further down or further up, which way, every way you're going. And Michigan State, nine's pretty solid that you're in the field. I think Michigan State right now, it, I don't know if I wouldn't have them on the outside looking in. I just Maybe it's because everything else around them. And that's why it still drives me crazy to see stories and read stories about expanding. Even Mike Krzyzewski, the retired Duke coach, has come out and said he'd like to see the field expanded. Who wants to see 96 teams? Why water it down when it's hard to find 68 really good teams? And Michigan State's one of those teams. They don't have the bad losses. Um, they don't, you know, in quad one, they're only three and seven, um, but they don't have the bad losses. They don't have any quad three losses. They don't have any quad four losses. So um, it's, you know, they don't have a ton of the great wins. They have, they have some good wins, but they just, they've avoided bad losses. It's you know, the whole thing of with, you know, Texas A&M is very bizarre because they've got all the good wins, but they've got bad losses. And you're trying to compare what's, what's, which would you rather have which way do you go? Do you take the team that has a bunch of? Because I think they were talking about the game on the Tennessee A and M game the other day. I can't remember what the number was that uh, no team's ever been left out with a certain number of quad one wins. And right now, um, I believe A and M would qualify with that because I think they got six. Well, then, and of course that could have changed based on teams moving around in the rankings. But they had at that point they had enough. They had a number of quad one wins that nobody's ever been left out of the field with that number of quad one wins. But then they're also with their quad three and quad four losses. <laughs> like they had a number there where nobody's like made the field with that many of those losses. So Texas a and one of the weirdest all time resumes that there is. They are still at six quad one wins. They're six and six in quad one. They no longer have any quad four losses. Their losses have all gone into quad three. Now they're two and four in quad three. So it is. They're just a strange, strange team. Well, getting back to Michigan State, though, it's a little, it's a little misleading that they don't have any bad losses because they play in a power conference and all the teams in the conference get the benefit of the doubt. 
But when you've lost to some of the teams at the bottom of the conference, you should be penalized more. Ohio State is not a great basketball team. Now, they're not a horrible team, and they've pulled off a couple of upsets here once they got rid of Chris Holtman. But this is a team that fired their coach. They're 6-11 and in conference. Michigan State lost to them. That should be looked at more as a bad, bad loss, but it's not because it's a power, it's a power conference, and that's the same with the SEC. Even the teams at the bottom. I mean, when you, lo- when you lose games to bad teams, you should be penalized more no matter if they come from non-conference or come from the power conferences because the power conference teams are always going to get the metrics on their side. Sometimes you got to just use your eyes, man. Watch the games and, and see how these teams are performing. Um, I just think Michigan State is an average team, and we'll see how many more games they lose before the Selection Sunday happens. And we'll see how they do in the in the conference tournament. They make a run. Certainly, they belong in, in the field. Right now, Jerry, as you said yesterday, last four in includes Ole Miss, includes Gonzaga. We talked about Mark Few. Uh, Gonzaga is not usually in this position where they're right there on the bubble, smack on the bubble. Wake Forest is another one that is in, like Gonzaga, like Ole Miss in Utah, but barely in. Wake, of course, has the great win over Duke. And then the first four out include schools like Texas, Seton Hall, Providence, and Oregon. These are all power conferences. The Big East in basketball, well, they don't play football, but this is a power conference. I'll be interested to see somebody like McNeese. If they don't win their conference tournament title, They deserve an at-large, but I don't know what their total resume is. I just know that that team is really, really good. They're really good. I've seen them a couple of times. Will Wade, I don't know how long he'll be at McNeese, even though they re-upped him this year. They gave him the extension. But I wonder if that's that's a question for Jerry tomorrow. If McNeese, if they don't win their conference tournament title, what are they, in the Southland Conference? Yeah. That's normally one bid. Yeah, I mean, they've beaten nobody of consequence. Who have they played non-conference? I mean, they got losses to Western Carolina and Louisiana Tech. Um, in the conference? Are they in the conference? No. Their best win on the entire season is Virginia Commonwealth. They have, they have no wins. Like, no, they, they're not a tournament team. Yeah, but if you watch them play, you're right. I mean, but everything's got to be gauged on on who they play. You're right about that. But, man, watching that team play, it looks like a team that knows what the hell they're doing. That is a good coach. I know he's got baggage. I understand all that. But as far as X's and O's and mapping out a game plan, that guy knows how to coach. So that's a team right now. It's funny. If they don't win the conference tournament title, probably out, you would say, right? Yes. Okay. Yet... I would bet that they would be one of the teams that people would pick to upset whoever they play in the first round of the tournament, NCAA tournament. Wouldn't you say? They would be a chic pick because people know that they're a good team. Because they watch. I wouldn't because he didn't even, when he had a ton of talent at LSU, he struggled at the tournament. So, <laughs> Yeah, maybe he's better with less talent. He's better playing nobody. I don't know. I think he's done a really good job. I like him. I, I think he's a good coach, but again, I understand the issues that uh, comes with that. Although I think we have kind of moved past that to a certain extent, except for those coaches that um, you know have the show cause and they're out of, whether it be football or basketball, out of commission for years and years. I'm talking about guys that have gotten into trouble with the NCAA or legally have gotten into trouble, like Chris Beard at Ole Miss. You know, these guys 
in, in the past, maybe 10 years ago, they wouldn't be given that opportunity to coach again. But I think in this day and age with athletics direct with athletic directors and the pressure they are under to win and win big, that they are willing to move on. Hopefully it's an isolated incident. And that they're back on the straight and narrow because they know they're hell. They're, in this case, Beard's a hell of a basketball coach. He's a hell of an X's and O's guy. I mean, this is a guy who can recruit. So you want, if you're trying to turn around a program, or or in some cases put programs on maps, then you take chances. You're willing to take chances. And more people are understanding of them taking chances in this day and age. Guys, when you're thinking about uh, popping the question. Getting engaged, you want to make sure when you go buy that ring that it's uh, that it's just right. It's going to make her extremely happy. It's going to make her very proud to wear it uh, for the rest of her life. And when you go there, there's you want to make sure you're getting the proper designer, the proper diamond, all of these different things, stuff that you probably have no idea about whatsoever. <laughs> you, you probably just don't know a darn thing about it. You could do some research, all that, or you could just go to the place that has the best and has great people there to educate you, help you pick out that perfect ring, not there to pressure you to buy buying in the most expensive ring in the store or anything like that because they're not working on commission. I'm talking about Genesis Diamonds. They've got the top designers when it comes to these rings. Did they are that the, the when you're talking about the top of the top of the list, they've got all of those. That in many cases, they're the only jewelry store in town that has those designers. An amazing selection of diamonds, all different sizes, all different budgets, whatever it is that you're looking for, they're going to have something for you. And again, a great staff, not working on commission, that's there to educate you, help you pick out that perfect ring that's going to make her proud. Don't settle for less than what you really deserve and what she really deserves. Heck, they've got top quality designer rings for under $2,000. Now they've got stuff at all price ranges. Again, whatever your budget is, they're going to have something for you. But it's not about the price. It's about the craftsmanship, the quality, the detail, the individuality. That's the things you're looking for for that engagement ring. Go see them. Genesis Diamonds, Poplar and Perkins Extended for that engagement ring. No better place to go than Genesis Diamonds. By the way, Michigan State, they don't play again until Saturday. They'll play number two Purdue at Purdue. If they win at Mackey, I mean, that solidifies their spot, in my opinion. They'll probably lose. Now, to me, again, that loss is expected. Then you got Northwestern at home and Indiana on the road. You need to win those two. If they lose one of those, then I think they're in big time trouble going into the Big Ten championship. But right now, they are solidly in the field. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. They say you can't pick the best barbecue in Memphis. Who is they? Uh, you know, they, the, the the people that say things. Like what? Well, that you can't pick the best barbecue in Memphis. Well, that's ridiculous. It's Central Barbecue. Well, I'm telling you, these people said that you can't even say Central Barbecue is the best barbecue in Memphis. But it is. There's no better slow-smoked, perfectly cooked barbecue in Memphis or anywhere else. Look, I'm just saying that they say... What else do they say? Well, you know, that the earth is flat. You have got to get off of social media. That's what they say as well. 
Here's some hard truth about engagement rings. There are 10 premier designers every woman knows about. They're like the Mercedes or Louis Vuitton of engagement rings. World-class, iconic, quality names. Hey, it's Eric Hasseltine, and these designers are hard to get. And every jewelry store wants them, but very few make the cut. So they have to settle for lesser brands or knockoffs. Around here, there's only one jewelry store that offers these premium rings. It's Genesis Diamonds. Genesis is the only one that made the cut, that meets the highest standards. Genesis This is the only store that's allowed to offer these exceptional brands that women really want. Other stores are jealous of this and will try and convince you these are more expensive and try to get you to settle for something else. But the truth is, Genesis has top quality designer rings for under $2,000. It's not about price. It's about craftsmanship and quality and detail and individuality. So don't compromise. Get her a world-class ring she will be proud to wear. Genesis Diamonds, on Poplar at Perkins Extended. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines. Instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families, we all know something big is coming. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. They're taking care of beerness in Memphis right on the river with Grind City Brewing and all of their great products. Look, this was a dream come true for a father and son duo. And if you have not been to that brewery right on the river, just to the north of downtown, you're really missing something special. And now you can't miss their products. Wherever you go, you see a brand new label. It's clean, it's beautiful, it's distinctive. You'll know Grind City Brewing, and of course you know their products, like Poppy's Pills, that great Pilsner, or Tiger Tail, that very creative craft malt liquor. There's the new Thaddeus Amber Lager. That is absolutely a great light beer. There's the India Pale called Godhopper. It's outstanding. And then there's the Belga, the Belgian-style wheat ale. They keep bringing hits at Grind City Brewing. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning! On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. So McNeese, they've played 24 games. 16 of them have been quad four. How many in the conference? McNeese is 55 in the net. The next best team in the Southland Conference is number 175. So 16 of those, how many of them are conference opponents? I don't know. Which, again, there's nothing you could do about it. But how about that? McNeese. They They have zero quad one games, five in quad two three quad threes, and then 16 quad fours. Yeah, they're 55 in the net. And Memphis is what in the net? 77? Something like that? Even after beating Florida Atlantic? It makes no sense to me. 
Uh, Memphis is 79. <laughs> McNeese is 55. Memphis is 79. They haven't even attempted to play a quad one team. I still think they're a really good team. I think Memphis would beat them. I don't think that, you know, as long as it's the Memphis we've seen here in the last couple of games, it just doesn't make sense to me. All the metrics that are used. Margin of victory, right? They're blowing out teams probably in the Southland. Interesting. You're the one that wants to put them in the tournament. I think they're good. But after what you told me, I think, I think I've changed <laughs> I mean, uh, my mind. I'm, not, I'm here telling you that they're not. like You're like, I've watched them play. They're great. They should be in the tournament. Well, I, I mean, you have to have something to judge them. Others like, I think they look good beating up on bad teams. No, no, you're right. You have to have, you have, to have the, uh, the resume. But I also listened to all the, the so-called experts talk about McNeese State, talk about Will Wade, talk about this team, and I kind of buy into what they're saying. I, so I watched them a game, and they looked great when I watched them play. But again, it was not against high top caliber competition um how about this story Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart has made NIL history becoming the first athlete to sign with a private jet company through the deal with Nichols Air or is it Nicholas Air Nicholas Nicholas Air he can use the company's fleet of jets for travel training and philanthropy Connor O'Gara who was just on with us earlier in the show says and we have the best deal of the NIL era. Congratulations to Jackson Dart. Can he bring buddies on there with him? Girlfriends, all that stuff? Just travel with me? It's a pretty good deal. Hey, I'd man. Like to to have, uh, have a deal with private private gent companies. Pretty darn good. Nicholas Ayer is a massive Ole Miss supporter. Um, but yeah, that's a, that'd be, that'd be, a, I can't imagine being a, if I, when I was in college, having a deal with a private jet company that I could just call them up. Hey, you know what? I feel like going here. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I want to swing down to Cancun for the weekend. All right, jump on board. Pretty want to go to Ve- want to go to Vegas for two days? Come on, there you go. That's unreal, man. Unreal. You need a tough, reliable tractor to tackle those tough chores. Well, be ready for anything you need to get done with. You got a Case IH Farmall Series tractor from Mid South Ag Equipment. They've got that complete line of tractors, plus of course Bush Hog equipment, much much more from new equipment to pre-owned equipment, service on your current equipment, everything you'll find it at Mid-South Ag Equipment. Online at midsouthag.com. You can check out the inventory of the equipment they've got. You can check out special deals that they've got on that equipment as well. If you want to see them in person, which is the best way to do it, you can find them just south of Cuyerville on Goodman Road off of I-269. Take the Goodman Road exit, and they are just a half mile west. They are the experts when it comes to all your equipment needs. Mid-South Ag Equipment, Again, online at midsouthag.com. Memphis baseball back in action today and tomorrow. A couple of midweek games against UT Martin over at FedEx Park Avron Fogelman Field. And if this wind's blowing out, which I believe it will be, there could be a lot of runs. In fact, I predict a lot of runs to be scored uh, in this series this weekend. Memphis will remain at home as they will host Wright State for three. So get on out there and see a a new era of Memphis baseball with Matt Reiser at the helm. Big loss last night for the U.S. women's national team. They lost to Mexico 2-0. They were 41-1 against Mexico going into that game. 40 wins, one loss, one tie. Although I think they hadn't allowed a goal to Mexico since 2010. They have been such a dominant team around the world and According to people, this roster is just not that strong, and it's probably 
time for them to go through a little bit of a slump, but I would bet that the women's team will be back before too long. They just There's too many quality players in this country for the women. And this loss, now this allowed Mexico to win their group in the CONCACAF. CONCACAF Gold Cup, but the U.S. team is still advancing on out of group play. And this is, I believe, an, like an interim coach right now with our women's team. I think our permanent coach is not there yet. I don't know that. I believe it's a interim coach that is coaching us now until the permanent one. I think the permanent one's coaching, I guess, in their league, wherever. And then once they're done, then they're taking over the U.S. team. Yeah, when I saw the score last night, I thought it was men. And I was like, eh, no big deal. <laughs> the men lost to Mexico. I'm not shocked. And then when I found out... This morning, actually driving in during an update on Fox Sports, that it was the women? I didn't realize I was that, shocked. The, that we dominated the Mexican <laughs> women the way we did. I didn't, I didn't know. So I guess Mexico's women's team is not very good? It's just the United States. We just, yeah, we're that good. I mean, United 40 States is that good. and 1 is... <clears throat> That's domination. So do you still call it a uh, rivalry if it's one-sided? You would think the United States' biggest rival would be Mexico. And if it's a dominating one-sided rivalry, is it truly a rivalry? Question for all you people out there that care about rivalries. From the NFL, the Buccaneers, according to reports, will release outside linebacker Shaq Barrett. It's a move to provide nearly $5 million in salary cap relief. That is a good player who will be on the market. Uh, Barrett had a deal, $15.04 million. It was an option bonus due next month. So more than likely, the nine-year veteran is out, not official yet, but he knows and understands it's just business. And it's just business for us as we're out of here. A few commercials, and then Dave Willotion will take over with well-known friends on Sports 56. Tomorrow, we got a big show. Andy Borman, Memphis Tigers assistant basketball coach, will join us at 8.05. We'll talk bracketology with Jerry Palm from CBS Sports at 8.25. And the Grizzlies with DeMichael Cole at 9.05. The Grizzlies, after losing last night at home to Brooklyn, will head to Minnesota to play the Timberwolves tomorrow night. Our thanks to Connor O'Gara, to Jeff Crane, and to Zoe Goodson for joining us on the program today. Again, Dave Willotion is next with Wolo and Friends on Sports 56. For Eli Savoy and for Zach Boyd, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great Tuesday, everyone.